This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. March Madness continues. Now, I'm not talking hoops. Every single day we walk in here, it doesn't matter if it's 7 a.m., if it's noon, if it's 2, or it's 4 o'clock. There is something going on in the NFL, and free agency hasn't even started yet. Free agency frenzy will be next week. The Matter of fact, the tampering period, the legal tampering period, which I think is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life, that starts on Monday. And then free agency starts on the 16th, officially. But who needs all that? Who needs free agency? Who needs the draft? We got a lot of moving and shaking going on in the NFL and we are here to talk about it. It continues again today. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel, your boy Q. And man, oh man, a familiar face and a familiar name is returning to the AFC West. How about this one for you? How about Khalil Mack to the Chargers? <laughs> yeah, Raider Nation, Khalil Mack is headed back to the AFC West to play alongside or across from Joey Bosa. And play for the Chargers. Of course, head coach Staley was there with uh, Khalil Mack in Chicago. So he knows him very well. And they went out and made the move for him. And gave up, in my opinion, what is pennies. Now, I know that he's got a large contract. I know he's got a large salary cap hit this year. I get all of that. But I also know what kind of player that is. I also know what kind of difference maker that is. Something I've been talking about a long time. That the Raiders need to continue to make sure that they have is difference makers. Now, they do on the defensive side of the ball right now. They have both Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe. But now you got the bookends of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Just after you find out, you got Russell Wilson in the AFC West. I mean, the AFC West, if someone tells you that it's not a tough division, they are lying to you. But the compensation, the Chargers are expected to send a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick in return for Khalil Mack. Wow. To me, and maybe I'm wrong, that's that's pennies. You're not wrong at all. That's a steal. That's what I thought. A second rounder? Let's say if it's best works out, maybe a four-year starter, sixth rounder? He's it's, not that's not even guaranteed to make the team. So they gave they gave up Trayvon Mullen. Exactly. They gave up Trayvon Merrick. They gave up who else have the Raiders had in the second round? Jahad Ward. They also gave up Trying to think of some other the famous. The one guy you love to make, uh, he's got he's got the very African last name, but you like play like oh, Charles Oh, Obi Mellon Fonwu. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. They're trading away Obi Mellon Fonwu, a.k.a. Bigfoot. Never saw him compete. They gave up that to this year and a six-round pick next year. So they gave up Oren O'Neill, who at some point that interview is going to get played who was a six-round pick in 2007. No disrespect. I'm just saying. I hear the six-round pick, and I realize I still got a great interview with Orrin O'Neill that you have to hear. I just got a tweet like, Q, that interview ain't never going to get played because the news just keeps coming and coming and coming, and it doesn't stop. This is incredible. Incredible. Wow. I mean, this is instant reaction. We we have had literally, myself and DeBond have had no time to even process this uh, this trade as we were walking in the studio getting ready to get started when this basically went down. When I saw it was, hey, it's reported, it's in the works. I was like, enough. That's what I tweeted, just enough. It's it's an arms race. Wow, that is unbelievable. And then the Raiders are sitting back. They're clearing cap space. They did that this morning, which was which is great timing. We just talked to Michael Giannitti on the show yesterday from Spotrack.com, talked about the fact that the Raiders only have $17 million in cap space. Said, what do they need to do? He said, to be realistic players, like big time players, probably need to get about twenty five million. Well, they cleared away about fourteen million, restructured Colton Miller and also Kenyon Drake. So, a guy that you mentioned yesterday on the show, Demar Kenyon Drake, didn't know if the Raiders had the long term plans to keep him there. Obviously, they do. 
So there you go. But they restructured him. They restructured Colton Miller. Now they're up to about $34 million in cap space, which is, I think, eighth in the league. I still think they need to clear out about, I don't know, maybe 10 more million. Just my opinion. We'll see what they do, but they have till next week to get it going. But there's a lot of moving and shaking as far as trades. There's a lot of moving and shaking as far as, you know, everything else going on. Man, these trades are, are just massive. Also this morning, what we found out, and of course, when we don't have a show, as JT the Brick is on vacation, he'll be back on Monday. When we don't have a show, that's when news happens. We also saw that the Raiders are not going to tender Alec Ingold, fullback for the Raiders. So that means he's going to be a free agent. Does that mean that there's no chance he returns to the Silver and Black? No. But it does mean that there's a great chance that another team signs him. Exactly. Once once a player puts on the IG, like the thank you to the fans, yeah. and basically all of their good moments with the teams, that IG post, I think that's as official as it gets. Right, exactly. And I know Vinny Bonsignor, who will come up after me uh, uh, in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m., already put out a piece on the on the review journal. And I guess that maybe he reached out to, to Alec to get you know confirmation, and Alec said he was gut-wrenched. He loves the silver and black. Obviously, we uh, we all remember that piece that he put out the last game of the season, uh, that week eighteen season or week eighteen, and it was a uh, it was a hell of a piece. And he's a hell of a leader for the silver and black. And of course, we all know what happened in twenty twenty one. And uh, he was one of the leaders, even though he wasn't on the field coming back from an ACL injury. And he's expected to be healthy by the time the season starts, or even during training camp. But it looks like Alec Ingle's not going to be uh, be returning to the silver and black. So that's just the nature of the beast. We talked about it. Uh, as soon as the season got wrapped up, everybody who was in that locker room in 2021 will not be in that locker room in 2022. And it looked like Alec Ingold is one of those guys. Perfect example. Most likely will not be around in 2022. And I wonder if it's a Patriot. Well, excuse me. I don't want to call him Patriots. But is this Josh McDaniel and Dave Ziegler? Does, does he make too much money? Or is there not a room for a fullback in their offense? And they're just like, hey, buddy, just go test the market because we're probably not going to use you that much. It's very interesting for why they're not bringing them back. But for a fan perspective, He's the only player that's ever been on Raider Nation Radio. I remember this interview, and he was taking calls from fans. He was <laughs> on for funny. a total because I because I have the interview saved, and I went back to look at it and see if I could grab some highlights from it. He was on Raider Nation Radio with Vinny for fifty minutes. Really, fifty whole minutes. Like he stayed for that's a whole hour, and he you know he's taking calls from fans. He's answering questions, and it was just like, hey man, a player hasn't done it since. That so, might be a, that might have been worth. Uh, I wish you had told me that ahead of time. It might be worth playing back. Might have to uh, take a listen to that. We might have to might have to do something with that. That's uh, that's that's good news to know. I didn't know that. So okay, uh, that's good. We, we might do something with that at some point. But um, you know, he's he's the the Raiders play or Josh McDaniels' offense runs a lot of twenty one personnel. Um, you know, I think that there's room for a fullback. Uh, I think that there there really is. But I know that they have one who's cheaper on the on the roster right now. And Alec Ingles probably going to get signed to a to a, a better deal. He's one of the best fullbacks in the league, so I'm sure he's going to get signed to a really big deal. But that, again, is just kind of the, the nature of the beast. Just got a tweet from uh, Frank. Playing two running backs. Who needs a fullback? Sorry to see him go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, so, hey, I mean, hey, Licks. Hey, I mean, and that's what it is. At the end of the day, it is a business. It is a business, so... LV Raider Marcus said, I, I get it's early, but Ziegler and McDaniels cannot sit on their hands. Time to get cooking. And you know what? I'm sure that they're working feverishly behind the scenes to whatever kind of plan that they have. And that's the thing about it. You know, don't panic because you don't see the Raiders making moves. I mean, they're not going to make a move just to make a move. They obviously have an idea of what they want to do. They're just going to go out and execute it. And it's up to us just to sit back and watch and watch it be executed. Now, I know that fans are going to get impatient because they're not seeing those moves that they feel like need to be made, but uh, just be patient. Believe me, there's going to be moves coming. There's definitely going to be moves coming if it's free agency, if it's trades, if it's both. I mean, who knows? But there, there, there's going to be some moves. They're not going to just sit back and say, hey, I think this team is just fine how it is. We're going to run it back and see and, and hope for the best. That ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, Kyle Krabs from DraftNetwork.com. He'll join us to talk all things draft. It's so funny. He had to, he had his post-combine uh, mock draft that he had put out, and then immediately when he found out about Russell Wilson, then all of a sudden it's like, well, got to scratch that one up and, uh, and, and make a new mock draft. So he's been uh, changing his mock drafts up pretty, pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry, but he's really one of my go-to guys. He always has a lot of good stuff and got a lot of good information about these guys in the upcoming draft. We'll talk all things draft, any kind of guys, anybody that you might think is a could be a potential player for the Raiders. If you want to hit us up and ask them, we can ask them about it. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line again, 69187, keyword R&R. If you have any question that you want us to pass along to our guy, Kyle Krabs. 
3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Uh, the Khalil Mack trade to the Chargers, that's just one piece of news. There's plenty of news. Players are getting released. Contracts are getting restructured. All kind of things are going on in the NFL, so we'll do that at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, uh, we talked to Paloma Villacana from uh, Fox 5 Sports on yesterday's show, talking about UNLV, the Lady Rebels, and also the Running Rebels, who are, matter of fact, the Running Rebels are getting their uh, their March Madness underway in a matter of seconds over at the Thomas & Mack Center. Uh, they're taking on Wyoming. And look, the, the, the Running Rebels, they need to go ahead and basically win the whole thing. They basically need to do what the Lady Rebels did last night. And I uh, got a shout out to the Lady Rebels. I don't know who watched that game, but I was watching it and I was trying to work and watch it at the same time. And at some point I just threw my, threw my paperwork down and said, F it. I'm just watching <laughs> this. I mean, straight up like, Hey, I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to multitask, but who cares about multitasking? This is a hell of a game. So we're going to have coach Lindy LaRock from the UNLV Lady Rebels head coach. She's been there now two seasons and the second seasons has got the Lady Rebels to the, the top of the mountain. They are the Mountain West champions. They won in the regular season, and now they won in the conference uh, tournament, and that's a big deal. You know, she's a, a young lady that comes from Stanford. Uh, she has those roots in, in, in her there, but she comes home. She's a Las Vegas native. She's got Las Vegas native players on her team, and, well, they just went out there and won the whole damn thing. And they did it in really good fashion last night. It was fantastic. There was some kind of moments at the end of the game where I kept thinking, oh, man. It was one of those where I was like, man, this is going to be awful. This is going to be awful to have to talk about this tomorrow, about them losing at the end. Because I did feel like there was a second there that they were going to lose, but they didn't. They found a way to, uh, to get it done, hit a couple big three-pointers at the end of the game, and uh, it, was, it was some good action. So we'll talk to Coach uh, Lindy LaRock coming up at 3.30. So that's the guest lineup. But, of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Got a lot to bring to you. So now that you know the guest lineup, you know when they're going to come up. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's so funny when we talk about the topic that I have on the run sheet for us already today because this was already planned out before I found out about Alec Ingold. This was already planned out before I found out about Khalil Mack. This was already just one of those that was in the top of my mind, and this is kind of a sick thing to admit, but I was laying in bed last night, and all of a sudden in, the, in my head, I'm like, hey, this would be a good topic for the show tomorrow. And that's probably not what I should do. When I'm laying in bed, I don't know. I should try to, I don't know, rest. But instead, I, my mind's going. It's so funny. Last night, the wife busted me too because a lot of times she'll fall asleep before me, and so I'll be laying there, and then all of a sudden – I'll fall asleep. Well, I was waiting to hear back from uh, Coach Lindy LaRock last night uh, to see if she was going to join the show, and I hadn't heard back yet. So I was like, well, I'll just check my phone in the morning or whatever. Man, I'll tell you, as soon as my phone made a little bit of noise, I was my eyes were closed. Lights were out, everything. I heard my phone make a little bit of noise. I woke up real quick. Boom. Check my phone. And then all of a sudden she rolled over and goes, are you still working? I said, like, no, no, I just had to check to see if Coach was hitting me back. And she's like, well, did you get the interview or not? And I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, now go to bed. So that's what happened. So you were still working. I was still working in my mind, but not really. I shut it down, but my sensors are on. Like, you got Batman on today? My Spidey sensors was on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I hear something, and I can, I can say, okay, my, that was my phone. What's going on? And I'll roll over, and I'll check my phone. But when I do that, I move the whole bed, you know. And do then, you have a different, like, chime or notification? No, it's always on vibrate. Have you even, ever heard my phone? Have you you've ever heard a sound from my phone? No, so it could have been just like a spam email. It goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would have been like, oh. Yep, exactly. Or Twitter. <laughs> Emails, Twitter, text, they all sound the same. Phone calls, they all sound. <laughs> And then there's some that are a little bit longer. I think the I think Twitter is the short, eh, and then the emails are, are shorter, but the text is a little longer. I think. I think that's how it goes. But yeah, my phone, I don't even know what my phone sounds like. I never have the, because it's Radio 101. And anytime you hear anybody who does radio, and all of a sudden their phone goes off in the studio, they, one, either haven't been doing radio very long or have no respect for the business. Your phone should never go off. Oh, wow. I love that phrase. No, it should never. No, no respect for the business. Serious. Your phone should never go off. You got to know better than that. But that's just a side story. So there you go. There's one to put in your notes, Damon. No matter how far you go in this business, don't ever have your phone ring out loud on the phone or on the air. That's just, it's just, it shouldn't happen. But let me get back to my show question as I derail the show like I always do. Where do you believe this new regime... And the front office will show the most improvement 
from what the last regime was. And I have options for you, which is kind of funny because we know Alec Ingold's on his way out. We know that Khalil Mack's on his way in. Not to the Raiders, but to the Chargers. AFC West. A, free agency. B, the draft. Here's a good one for you. C, keeping homegrown players. Or D, other. Those are your options. Where do you believe the new regime? And we're just talking in the front office. We're talking about building the team. We're not talking about on the field because we could talk red zone. We could talk this, that, and the other. We'll get to that once we know what the team is. But where do you believe this new regime, the front office, is going to show the most improvement? And the thing about C, which is keeping homegrown players, they have no homegrown players yet. Remember, they are not attached to any player on the roster. None. They have brought in nobody, right? I mean, they brought in some future guys, but those aren't, you know, they ain't guys that are like long-term guys that they drafted or gave big free agent money to. They're not connected to anybody. So, again, A is free agency, B is the draft, C is keeping homegrown players, or D is other, whatever. You might have something else that I haven't even thought of. So I'll start with you, Damon. What do you think they're going to excel at that maybe the last regime didn't? It's got to be the draft because uh, not to be Mr. Curmudgeon, it can't get too much worse. How do you spell that? You got me there. I don't, I, you got me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the spelling BQ. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But no, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, to, you know, but you can't get too much worse at the draft than the last regime was. I agree. So I think that that's not Excel, but they have to be better at that. Right. Well, you know, and uh, Ty in Missouri hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R said, hey, free agency. Free agency is right around the corner. And you know what? There was a lot of free agency money that the Raiders spent over the past few years. A lot of it didn't work out. A lot of it really didn't work out. So I, I think Ty's on to a, a good point right there. I mean, you can go back and think of Trent Brown. You can go back and think of Tyrell Williams. Hell, you can say Kenyon Drake. You know, we talked about it in great length yesterday. He wasn't really used very much. They gave him a nice little healthy contract. Look at Marcus Mariota. That was a waste of a lot of money. No disrespect to him. He was a, he's a good player, good athlete. I thought he was going to be something, but they never used him, and he was never healthy. So that was a waste of money. Antonio Brown, the 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 trade for him, I don't know even where what category you'd put that in. It's not really free agency. It's a trade. But then they gave him a contract that they never really gave him <laughs> because he messed that up. Then there was the White Tiger. Remember the White Tiger? I ain't gonna lie, I don't know who the White Tiger is. Montero. Well, nobody does. <laughs> That's what that was Gruden's point. He was like, you know, the White Tiger at the zoo, it only comes out like once every once in a while. It's almost like Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Like, you never see him? <laughs> I thought that was somebody's nickname. No, I no, like, no. Well, Gruden gave it to Martavis Bryant, who was from the Steelers. Remember they gave him a third round pick? And he's all the dude could be a hell of a player, but he's just never he's never available. He never shows up. But I guess you made his point right there. He said, I don't know who the White Tiger is. That's a great point. So I think there's plenty of options out there. And again, this is not a try to pile on the last regime. I just think that as we all sat back and watched and gave them four-year opportunity run, least, least Gruden, of course, it was Mayock for three years with them. But, you know, gave them that, that run. There were some missteps. And, and obviously, that's why it's a new regime. And so everyone's always hoping for improvement. So where's the improvement come from? Free agency is A. The draft is B. Keeping homegrown players, which I think is very important. Is C, and then hell, I might be thinking of something completely off, or I'm not thinking of it at all. And you might think of something like, hey, Q, you're forgetting this one important point. That would be D, a.k.a. other. So Ty in Missouri, thank you for your text. I do appreciate you. Again, he said A, free agency, but we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Who's up first? Rich in Oakland. Rich in the town. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on? Chilling, man. Yeah, I think it's safe to say now that both the Bears and the Raiders lost this trade, huh? That's a good point. That's a good point. It is what it is, man, but damn, this sucks. And for him to get traded to the Chargers for a second and a sixth for next year, not even this year's draft, next year's draft, it's just it's, it's so frustrating, Q, because Mayock, man, like I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but he sucked, man. Like how are you gonna blow all of the draft picks? The, the 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 we got Jacobs, we got Arnett. Jacobs, he's probably not gonna be a Raider in a couple years. And Arnett, we know what happened with him. It's just such a bad situation. So so frustrating. Such a big letdown that Mayock and Gruden also he deserves blame also. But remember yesterday I was telling you about an unrealistic trade with Deshaun Watson 
Well, I think the Raiders need a mobile QB more than ever now, Q. And regardless how we feel about Derek Carr, this division is stacked. On the defensive line with the quarterbacks, if we could get a boatload of picks or players for Derek, I think it's time to make the move right now. If you're not going to do it now, then you're never going to do it. And if, if there's a way, if there's a possible way for us to get Deshaun Watson, then we need to do it. ASAP, because the Raiders need a mobile quarterback. No matter what, no matter how you feel about Derek, we need a mobile quarterback, and Deshaun Watson is a baller. So if we could do it, we got to make it happen, because this division is not for the weak, and this division is going to be crazy. Ziegler and McDaniels got to make a move. I don't know what they're going to do, but they got to make something happen. I'll catch y'all later. Hey, great call, my man. Great call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I, hey, look, I'll say this. I mean, and I think a lot of Raider Nation has been talking about a mobile quarterback. I think Derek does some really good things. I do. I think that he can – I think that the Raiders can win with them. But I'll tell you, I've been in the in the camp of wanting a, a, a mobile quarterback for a long time. And I'm not saying that this guy's the answer, and I hate to keep going back to the same the same old name, but that was the reason why I was talking about Jalen Hurts back when he was drafted or before he was drafted because I thought that that would have been a good addition to what the Raiders got going on and maybe a guy that could learn from Carr and at some time take over. But we all know that's not how it shook out, so the Eagles ended up taking him, so that's water in the bridge. But that was something I was pounding the table back for, and I know plenty of Raider Nation have been pounding the table for uh, a guy that, that could be mobile. And it's just, you know, it, it, it <laughs> It's something, you know, it's at some point you would think that you almost have to, especially when you're looking at the dynamics, like Rich said, of the AFC West. I mean, man, that's that is uh, that is something it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. Ian Rappaport uh, updated the the uh, the compensation. The Chargers are taking on all of Mac's contract, which is three years at sixty three point nine million dollars. So they're going to take all that contract on and they're going to give up the, the draft picks. But. A second round pick in 2022 and a second round pick or a second round pick in 2022, excuse me, and a third round pick in 2020. Not the third round pick. I'm tripping. A sixth round pick in 2023. Jeez, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it right at some point. <laughs> so uh, that's what it is. So anyway, uh, that's that's just an update to uh, to the trade right there. Khalil Mack headed to the Chargers. Who's up next? Big Jose in San Jose. Big Jose in the 408. What's up, Doc? What's up, bro? How's it going? I'm just out here. On the east side, cruising, I was listening to some big pun. You know, he's saying, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Yes, Love sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and um, I was thinking, D, all of the above. Because sometimes <laughs> last year, when I, when we were watching Mayock and watching Gruden, I kind of felt like I was watching, watching Moneyball. You know, Gruden was like Art Howell in that movie. And Mayock was like Billy Bean. And Art Howell just didn't listen to him at all. And how they how they evaluate players and how the you know the value <laughs> of a player and where to take them. That's what I was thinking about. But getting onto that point about a mobile quarterback, no, it ain't gonna work because have you ever seen a McDaniel's offense scheme to a mobile quarterback? They can move the pocket and have them some naked bootlegs or roll out left or roll out right. But his offense and scheme is not designed for a mobile quarterback. You see how he got um, Superman got killed over there when they tried to do that with him, and it he didn't perform either. So like it's tailor made to uh, the kid they got in there now and the Tom Brady in the past. So I think Derek Carr does have his athleticism. I think he's going to be a good fit for this system, especially with the twenty one packages because it's all going to be based upon running the ball and having ball control and getting the short yardage out and then exposing the middle and the seams. So I don't think that um, a mobile quarterback helps us at all. But I do think beefing up the line and having a double tight end set. You know, the chip and then the sub, uh, running back out of the backfield, the chip block. I think that's what's going to really help. And I think the best way we answer to, uh, you know, getting what um, Denver got in Wilson is to pick up a keen Hicks since Chicago looks like they're doing a fire sale. So that's what I got out, brother. Peace. All right, man. I appreciate you. I like the big pun. I also like D, all the above. Made me think of Digital Underground, the, uh, you know what I mean? The freaks of the industry. So uh, good references there, right, man? I, I appreciate that. Uh, Demetrius, he hit me up on uh, on Twitter and uh, said, he, I like what you said about the quarterback, but a non-mobile quarterback just won the Super Bowl. And that kind of goes back to what uh, Big Jose was just saying. And then my guy, uh, Dr. Andy, he also said, uh, McDaniels coached a pocket passer. I think he'll make Carr elite. Why does everyone everyone will want Carr to run? He's a pocket passer. I just want him. When I say I want him to run, I don't want him to run like Lamar. I don't want him to run like, you know, Kyler Murray. I just want him to run when plays start to break. I just want him to keep plays alive. That's my thing. I don't even care if he doesn't pass the line of scrimmage. I just want him to move the pocket. And 
to his credit, I think the last, what, two seasons maybe, he's done more and more in that. You've seen him improve in that area where he's uh, you know, moving the pocket, rolling the pocket a little bit. I think he's going to have to roll the pocket more and more just to keep plays alive. Even when the Raiders had, had traded for uh, Antonio Brown, one of my biggest points was when Antonio Brown's at his best, and of course he did his thing in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, so I guess that's kind of going to take away from the point. But Antonio Brown was great when Big Ben used to keep plays alive, and then all of a sudden the scramble drill. And that allowed Antonio Brown a couple more seconds to get open and go for a big play. I, that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for a little bit of, you know, just kind of roll the pocket a little bit, uh, get out of harm's way, step up, make a throw. That, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not, I don't think he's fleet-footed at all. Don't think he's going to be ever that guy that's going to run all over the yard. Hey, but to your point, these past two seasons, 2021 and 2020, they have, um, these have been his career high in rushing attempts. Right. So, I mean, he is doing more. He is trying to extend those plays or at least scramble a little bit more than he's done previously in his career. There you go. Uh, you got a, uh, you got one more call for us? Yeah, let's try to get Fargo Raider in here. Fargo, what's on your mind? Hey, Q, Damon, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm going to go with D, and my D is going to be that uh, they're going to they're gonna excel at getting rid of players that are in-house already. They're not going to hold on to contracts. If what I was thinking, if Ingold, who was producing and who was a good locker room guy and did his job, is not coming back, seemingly, what hopes do the likes of Klee have and Abrams? You know, Jacobs is also now looking like he might be on the chopping block if somebody offers anything because you can get a, a running back anywhere. Hell, we got a running back on the practice squad that half Raider Nation has been chiming in for. So I think that's what's gonna what they're gonna excel at. They're gonna b- give the boot to guys from the previous regime, a la Gruden. I'm not saying rebuild, but you know, it start, it always starts with a couple of couple of pieces, and it just trickles on from there. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a good one. Appreciate you, Fargo. Thank you so much. And uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. And yeah, I mean, D D is a good you know is a good answer, but it, it sometimes it's really kind of hard to you know get specific when it's kind of like D other, you know what I mean? And then there's, there's a, a larger range of, of conversation that you can have. So uh, we'll get back to that though. Where do you believe this new regime, the front office will show the most improvement, a free agency, B the draft, C keeping home gr- grown players or D other. Speaking of the draft, my guy, Kyle Krabs from the draft He'll join the show next to talk all things draft. This is unnecessary roughness on radio nation radio, nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. There's a lot of moving and shaking going on in the NFL right now. A lot of veterans being moved. AFC West is getting more stacked, more stacked, and more stacked. But right now, we're going to talk about some players that are entering the NFL, want to be entered in the NFL in the upcoming draft here in Las Vegas, April 28th through the end of the month. Kyle Krabs, DraftNetwork.com. He joins us on the phone lines now. You can find him on Twitter at Grinding the, ta- cr- uh, grinding the Tape. Excuse me. And Kyle, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, you put out a post-combine mock draft. And then Wilson, Russell Wilson got traded and ended up uh, in the AFC West, and you had to crumble that up and put out another one. How much with <laughs> yeah. all the chaos and moving and shaking, all the March Madness has been going on, how difficult has this been to kind of put, put together a, a mock draft that you feel good about? Well, uh, you, you come out of the combine and you hear some of the buzz, and you, know, you, you knew the Aaron Rodgers decision was coming, and that ultimately, once that decision was made, immediately prompted the Russell Wilson news to drop with Denver. And, uh, yeah, I think when I went back and redid the mock, I ended up having to do like eight of the, the 32 <laughs> picks over again. So the domino effect thing is really real, especially with Seattle up in the top 10 now and their potential decision towards a quarterback, which is the position group that you, you have no clue how it's going to shake out. And that's the big mystery is as every get, we get closer and closer to April. Right, exactly. Huge mystery right there. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of the latest news about Khalil Mack headed to the Chargers. Oh, yeah. I mean, how does does that really affect any of your mock drafts that you have cooking right now? Uh, I think for the Chargers, uh, the spots that probably were going to require the most attention as far as you know mocks between now and then were 
somebody on the interior of the defensive line to help with the run defense and potentially a right tackle. So uh, I don't know that the Khalil Mack addition does anything dramatic for the Chargers with that first-round pick, but certainly like with the depth of this pass rush group, pass rush in the uh, – in the second round on day two was a very popular decision for a lot of the guys we have over at TDN for the Chargers. So that'll definitely throw that for a loop. Talking right now to Kyle Krabs from DraftNetwork.com, talking all things upcoming draft. And uh, I did want to ask you, we got a nice healthy debate going on around here about two Georgia guys, uh, Jordan Jordan Davis and, and Devontae Wyatt. Uh, some love Davis. I think he's a hell of a player. Some are on the, in the camp with Devontae Wyatt. He's a hell of a player. Obviously, Georgia had a ton of great defenders. But when you look at those two guys, which one do you value more? I think the role that Devontae Wyatt can fill for you does ultimately have a higher value as a more of a traditional three technique. I do think Jordan, with his size and athleticism, he can be a penetration-style defender, uh, but he's more often than not going to be in the A-gap, and you saw that at Georgia. And I, I know he cut significant amounts of weight. I think 20 pounds coming into the combine to test the way that he did. The big question is, is that going to be your playing weight? Is that your mm-hmm. new playing weight? Are you going to go back to your old playing weight? And it's not a talent thing with Jordan Davis. It's really, you know, where are you going to choose to put yourself in order to most effectively weaponize the skill set that you do have? I just think Devontae White is a little bit more of a traditional type player, putting him in a three technique and letting him use the first step and the really good lateral contact balance that he has to press through gaps and really create some chaos. Uh, I side towards Wyatt as a better overall ranked prospect, but within each individual system you project one of those two guys to, I I do see two impact starters as long as Jordan Davis is able to keep himself closer to where he came in here and tested it and helped him blow up the combine. A lot of people talk about Jordan Davis and the fact that, well, he only played like 50% of the snaps at Georgia. Uh, You know, is that something that he's going to have to prove that he's more than a a two-down lineman? I think so. Uh, I do think when you watch him play, uh, more often than not, when he was getting penetration and creating chaos, he was uh, forklifting the center and taking that kid for a ride, whoever, whatever school it may have mm-hmm. been, and escorting him into the lap of the quarterback to, to create A-gap uh, penetration. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you take into account just how big of a player he is and how much mass he carries, and you consider, well, the snap load, it's not particularly high. Those two questions, I think, do go hand in hand. And for him to be somebody who you feel really good about playing 70% of your snaps or more, uh, I certainly think conditioning is a bit of an unknown just because, not even saying he's out of shape, I mean, right. it's just a massive human being, and that's a massive <laughs> workload and undertaking to put that guy on the field for 50-plus snaps a game. Talking right now with Draft Network's Kyle Krabs here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, we've got a, we got a listener, Fargo Raider. He wants to know about Chad Muma because Raider fans think that this team needs oh, to upgrade at linebacker. He's a freak athlete, but is he someone that could be maybe not a, maybe not a day one starter, but a day one player in the NFL? So uh, I look at there's who knew that Wyoming of all places was a pipeline for NFL linebackers, but <laughs> they put Logan Wilson through a couple years back, and oh, he had a really nice year this past year for the Cincinnati Bengals, and you know plus impact in the passing game, really good range as, as far as ability to flow uh, and, and carry and stay leveraged over top of backs and scrape. Uh, I see Chad Muma as the same kind of player, but he's a little bigger, and that's a really appealing trait when you consider this guy's. 240 to really play physically and dictate terms when he's crashing down and shooting gaps, but also somebody who's, from an instinctual perspective, as fundamentally sound as any linebacker in this year's class, for my money. You know, I kind of have him projected right there on the cusp of that top 50. I sit there, certainly think he's tested and played his way into the, the back end of the second round as far as evaluation for him, uh, just because three down linebackers the league doesn't covet the position the way that it once did, but the guys who can play on all three downs and impact from a run defense, passing coverage standpoint, and potentially also as a pressure player, like those guys do have value because it doesn't matter whether you're in sub or you're in base, they're going to stay on the field and you're not tipping your intentions away based on your defensive personnel. 
talking about uh, linebackers, how about Devin Lloyd? He's a guy who didn't really show out that much at the combine. Uh, I feel like he kind of hurt his stock a little bit. How much do you think Lloyd hurt his stock, and, and where do you have him projected to go? Yeah, I still think he's one of the best defensive prospects in this class. Uh, I think predictively he's he's probably in the back half of the first round now. I think any of the dreams of him being in those top 12, top 15 picks has probably come and gone because he didn't quite test as dynamic as you would have hoped to see. But he's big, he's physical, he's long, 33-inch arms. I think that really shows up for him both as a pass rusher and as a tackler with his tackle radius and his ability to, to consistently finish away from his frame. Uh, as he's trying to click and close and trigger on on the ball uh, on action happening either coming out of the backfield or when he's in coverage or disrupting throwing lanes. But, yeah, I I do think Devin's appeal was always the fact that he was an instinctual player, more so than being an athletic freak. Uh, but it's it's also not like he ran 4-9. Right. You know? So I think if you like Devin Lloyd, if you like this tape, I don't think he necessarily showed you anything that was absolutely going to change your mind and say, oh, well, we got to take him out of the first round bucket because he just doesn't meet thresholds. He's just not a plus athlete. And when everybody else went to Indy and ran like a four four, it just kind of stands out a little bit more based based on the expectations that were set at everybody else from all the, all the other positions. And I believe your first linebacker that you have uh, off your board is uh, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. I feel like I've been talking about a ton of Georgia guys, but that defense was that good. Uh, thoughts on Nicobe Dean? He's super intelligent. And you watch him play, and you see the anticipation and play diagnosis skills that he has. And when you pair that with the kind of first step that he has, and when you pair that with kind of built low to the ground, he's 5'11 and a half or so, 225, 230. Uh, he's got really good ability to shoot gaps. He's got really good ability to beat blockers to the spot on the second level. And he's got really good ability to finish and tackle with consistency because he is so naturally leveraged as a hitter. Um, I think if you play at attack style front, you like the blitz. I think you're really going to like N'Kobe Dean. He obviously shined and did all that in Georgia behind all these great defensive linemen that we've been talking about. But just have bodies in front of him that keep him clean, and he's going to make a ton of plays at the next level because of how good his play diagnosis is in my mind. Talking right now with Kyle Krabs from DraftNetwork.com on Twitter at Grinding the Tape here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demont. How deep is this draft at secondary? Because I've seen that you put Sauce Gardner. He's your he's your cornerback number one. As he should be. <laughs> Q's guy, Q's guy. But how good is this draft at secondary? Would would there be someone maybe that has first round talent available in the in that in the twenties? I think so. I, I certainly think. I mean, you you look at the top name guys just at the corner position and Gardner, um, Derek Stingley. I know he he's kind of perceived to be tumbling a little bit. Uh, but the talent is undeniable. The physical talent is undeniable. You don't for- just forget how to play the game at that high of a level. He's just battled some injuries. Uh, and then Andrew Booth from Clemson, I think, is another blue chip type player. And then you got a couple of guys who maybe don't necessarily meet your ideal length thresholds for first round corners. Everybody likes these big long corners now. But I look at Trent McDuffie from Washington, and I look at Roger McCreary from Auburn, and those are two guys who have really smooth feet really good ability to stay sticky in man coverage. They hit above their weight class as far as when they are charged with playing in the run on the perimeter or, or trying to play press coverage. Uh, I think Auburn, you know, his Roger McCurry's development at Auburn has kind of helped him out a little bit. He was an extremely man-heavy corner his first two seasons, and they had the coaching change. Brian Harson comes in, and suddenly they're playing a little bit more zone, and you're seeing some some pattern recognition with Roger that really gets you excited about him being a universal type prospect so just at the corner position alone i look at those names and then there's some other names uh like kyler gordon from washington the quote-unquote other washington corner or Rick <laughs> woolen from utsa that absolutely blew up the combine and i heard he didn't even do his best test i heard the broad jump was his best test he didn't even do it at the combine after wow. jumping 42 and running 4-3 at 6-3 and 205 as a corner so uh, there's a lot of a lot of talent to be had for sure. Kyle, we just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned Trent McDuffie. That's a guy I'm very intrigued by. But the more I read on him, the more I even hear what he has to say. It feels like his ultimate position is going to end up being safety. Am I wrong in that reading? Um, uh, I kind of see some parallels to Byron Murphy coming out of Washington. You know, same mm-hmm. school, same kind of body type. And and Byron spent some time down in the slot, spent some time outside. I think he can. I think, you know, instinctually, I think he can certainly play 
all over the secondary. His foot quickness and transitional quickness is what really shines. So if you do want to play him as a safety that can play low in the hole um, and kind of be that rat defender and and cover one and and just try and cut routes that are coming across the middle of the field, he can certainly do that. Uh, I think with his ability to play the run, uh, if you want to have him be kind of a pseudo safety nickel hybrid, that, that third defensive back, if you will, it can, you can trust to play man-to-man, uh, that might be where he shines the best because you get him involved in the run fits coming off the edge of the box, and he's a really good tackler for a guy of his stature. So there will probably be some debate, and I know every team's going to have different thresholds and cutoffs for if you don't meet this, then we're not going to consider you this. Um, and, and that might disqualify him for some teams, but I'd probably give him a chance to start outside and work his way in if, I, if it were me. All right, I've got to ask this question because I can't think of the last time it hasn't happened in the draft. Do we see a quarterback get taken in the first round? I certainly think we get at least at least one or two. I know it's a quarterback class that uh, the resumes are not strong. There's a lot of questions with all of them. Uh, but we've already seen the quarterback market start to set with Russ Wilson on the move and now Carson Wentz on the move as of yesterday. So I think the teams that were moving were the teams at the top because they identified the values just not there in the first half of the draft. But I look at New Orleans at 18, probably not going to be able to re-sign Jameis Winston unless he takes a dramatic discount. Pittsburgh at 20 with Ben Roethlisberger retiring. Detroit's second first-round pick. Uh, at 32, I think there's enough spots here that we at least get somebody that bites on one, if not two. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you can't just go the whole first round without getting the quarterback, even if they're not uh, the the quality that you you, you kind of get used to you uh, you know get used to drafting uh, in the draft. So, final question for you is about the wide receiver position. Uh, the Raiders are in, in big need. I feel like of a of a playmaker, a big time playmaker at the wide receiver position. Uh, obviously, a guy like Devontae Adams has been franchise tag, so he's not getting out of Green Bay. Uh, I know Allen Robinson is out there, but as far as the draft class goes and the wide receivers, do you see a guy that you think will be able to go in there and be a big-time difference maker? Is there somebody that you're really feeling? I, I look at a couple of names, and uh, the wait for Jameson Williams, I promise it's going to be worth it. Um, he transferred out of Ohio State, getting stuck behind all those other kids that they had there, played at Alabama this year, and blew the doors off it. And, and everybody, when we watched him at, at TDM, was just uh, blew the doors off us. We were blown away by how good he was and his ability to run by deep safeties and split coverage and and make you wrong even when you've got all this cushion and just run right by you. Um, I think if you're looking for a vertical guy that can win down the field, uh, I do think Chris Olave is very apt at winning in that component of the game, those 15 to 20-plus yard targets deeper downfield. He's not necessarily the most quick twitch in short spaces, but he hits home runs at a really high level. He tracks the ball as anybody good uh, vertically down the field this year. If you're looking for bigger-bodied guys, uh, the guy who I think has really helped himself is Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Wouldn't be surprised if he's a top 50 pick when it's all said and done because he's a height weight speed guy, 6'4", 210, runs a 4'3". Um, and he, he's one of the block, too. You know, he played in a very run-heavy offense at North Dakota State, so he can help you with your explosive plays on in the run game as far as getting down on, on linebackers and safety. So uh, he's he's really helped himself. He's one of those big winners of the draft process if you need somebody that's 6'3 plus that you really want to gravitate towards. I just got a tweet uh, from one of our listeners asking about linebacker DeMarco Jackson out of Appalachian State. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's a very, very productive player. Uh, I remember watching a lot of the Sun Belt Conference throughout the course of the season, and we would do the conference awards. I think he got defensive Sun Belt player of the week three times for us this past season. So he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but I think he's a guy who at a minimum is going to make a living in the NFL on special teams because he flies around like his hair is on fire, he's not afraid to hit, um, and you can see the energy that he brings to the game. I don't know that he's necessarily in a profile as a starter in year one or year two, uh, but we've seen those kinds of linebackers come into the league and you catch on with the team because you're, you're willing to do the dirty work, and then attrition sets in. And I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, him go through that situation and then find himself in an opportunity to get a chance to start and hit, take some significant snaps on defense a little later down the road. Fantastic stuff, Kyle. Great breakdown on all these different players. Man, I actually had you on a little bit longer than I expected, but uh, like I said, a lot of great stuff. Uh, what do you got coming out on DraftNetwork.com that we should be able to look out for? Yeah, we, uh, we had our whole staff do a... a uh, mock draft in person uh, this past week when we were all in Indianapolis. So that's going to be coming out. That's nice. 
uh, very fun video content, kind of giving everybody a chance to, to shake it up by not having one person go through all 32 picks, but you get to pick <laughs> once every eight picks. So that, that was really fun, and uh, we got a ton of great stuff coming out as far as, far as player reports and interviews. Uh, thanks to some of the other guys we have on the content team. All right, well, I'll tell you, man, when you do your mock drafts and you get to number 22 and you get to the Raiders pick every time, man, just – just uh, slide in a good player, man. You know what I'm saying? Got to build up that cover. You know <laughs> so, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Good talking with you. Yes, you too. Absolutely. Kyle Krabs, DraftNetwork.com. Got to put someone in there, man. Slide someone in there really good, man. You know, don't, I don't want to have nobody call in and be like, that guy's a bum. Who was that who called in and said that? That was our, our guy. Was he in Atlanta? Was he in Atlanta or was he from Texas? Oh man, I, dang! I, I think it was Atlanta. Like every other word was like he's a bum. Yeah, he was definitely country though. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to the country, man. I'll tell you what. After my trip to the DMV today, I kind of wish I was still in the country. Yeah, I know that you have no idea what that means. I'll explain that at three fifteen. You want to hear about my trip to the DMV? You will. That's coming up at three fifteen. Coming up next, your calls in Texas. We close out hour number one. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Watch Waller in motion. Car want to throw for it and a wide open Alex. The fullback for the touchdown, and he's the answer to the trivia question. It's Derek Carr to Alec Ingold. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. First touchdown ever scored in Allegiant Stadium by the Silver and Black. Alec Ingold, Derek Carr to Alec Ingold. As you heard right there, he was the answer to the trivia question, and May never, ever score in the end zone for the silver and black. As uh, we heard earlier today, we found out earlier today that the Raiders did not tender him. So he's going to be a free agent next week, free to sign with any team. And, you know, when that kind of happens and John McClain tells us every every time he talks to us, hey, man, if a guy hits free agency, most likely he ain't returning. He just told us that this past Tuesday. So don't look for uh, for Alec Ingle to re-sign with the team. So uh, a very big fan favorite is most likely not going to be with the team next season. So it's just, I mean, it is it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. It's what, you know, this is. It's a, it's a business. Everyone knows that. It's a new regime. Everyone knows that. There's going to be players that they're going to look at and say, no, they don't really fit with what we want to do. And there's players that we may look at and say, oh, that guy, he's not really worth the salt. And then they say, oh, no, we know exactly what we're going to do with that guy. So we're kind of still in wait and see and kind of learning mode. You know, we're still trying to figure out exactly what this new regime is looking for. And I think it's going to honestly take probably a draft or two before we really have a good idea of exactly what they want to do. Now, I threw out the question earlier today on the opening drive of the show. Where do you believe this new regime in the front office will show the most improvement? I'm just talking about I'm not talking about on the field. I'm talking about a free agency B the draft. C, keeping homegrown players, or D, other. And it's funny when I say homegrown, homegrown players, and then I still talk about Alec Ingold not returning, as he is definitely a homegrown player. Now, I did get a tweet from, uh, what's his Twitter name? Bishop of Barners. There you go. Uh, Jordan. He said his name is Jordan. Not Jordan, but Jordan. Anyway, he said, I'm with DeMond. It's going to be hard to beat the last regime in drafting. I also think with Ziegler's pro scouting background, free agency will improve as well. So uh, he kind of got a two for one there. He, he went with the... He went Everybody with the, loves to get Everyone yeah. got to get the extra one in. Oh, and by the way, but you know what? I don't know why I talk about that. What do I do? I tell guests all the time, I got one more question for you. And then I ask them three more questions. But I guess that's the beauty of other... Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is the beauty Who's of the caller other. D other all of the above. All of the above. Digital underground. I like that. <laughs> so, speaking of the caller, 702-365-9200, ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um uh, I I'm be with everybody else D other. It's just the way that the Patriots I I can't the hey say that, but it's just that regime that they come from. It's the way that they're used to doing business. I mean, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be a lot of free agent moves, but the moves they make are gonna be impactful. Because if you remember the Patriots, they were always kind of quiet doing free agent. They didn't sign people, but every time you looked up, they won championships because they picked people that fit their scheme. So I'm, I'm sure the first thing they did was go through our roster, say, okay, we don't need this guy because Ingles is definitely a scheme fit because you can't say he's not a player. Right. Okay, and so that's definitely a scheme fit. Okay. But but then the rest of it, you know, I mean, Raiders didn't win a whole lot of games, so there's not a whole lot of people other than Derek Carr that has any kind of uh, leverage. And and I don't know what they're going to do now that all these quarterbacks 
uh, in our division, that there's a premium now, even more so, Derek Carr. If you think you couldn't get a two first rounders before? You can definitely get two first rounders now for Derek. I, I guarantee you, you can milk the cow in the pasture with Derek Carr right now. But that would be a big mistake in this division because if you don't have somebody of equal value, this this regime will crash and burn. Okay, and that's pretty much all that. Uh, I have to say, hey, real, real quick, have real, a good day. Okay, wait, wait, real quick, wait. before you go anywhere, you were saying that there's not too many players with leverage, and, and, and I don't, I don't think you really meant leverage. But uh, are you saying that there's not a lot of talent on the Ra- Raiders roster right now? No, when I say leverage, I'm, I'm talking about leverage as far as uh, quarterbacks. I should be more specific. You're right. I'm talking about quarterbacks because uh, Derek Carr has quite a bit of leverage now. Okay. Because I mean, he can. I got you. I mean. If you look at the, the the landscape of what's based on what's available, I'll say it like that. Gotcha. Based on what's available, he's even he's more important now than he was before, and it almost guarantees that he's not going anywhere. I mean, the regime right. is not stupid. Right. I, I mean, agree. Two first rounders would crash us. We would crash and burn. You know, if we, you know, I don't care what they offer. Gotcha. Good. Um, hey. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great call, man. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. We're up against it real quick. But, uh, no, I understand what you're saying. And and it's funny because I uh, I was thinking about you the other day. Matter of fact, it was yesterday when I was talking about Derek Carr and what he could get in a potential trade. I mean, I'm – I, I was never on board with the two first round. I was like, there's no way he'd get two first rounders. But with the nature of the beast right now, just because so many teams are desperate, you're right. He probably could get two first rounders. With that being said, I don't think he's going anywhere. Let, let me make that perfectly clear before someone said that Q said he's about to get traded. I didn't say that. You always have to preference these things. You've been trying to get right, rid of I know. For about Ever a year since you saw Tyler Huntley, the one week where the Raiders weren't playing, you've been you had a plan to get rid of him. I haven't got blocked on Twitter yet, so I'm good. Pushing your agenda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been I've been blocked by Ocho Cinco, but uh, but I haven't been blocked by Derek Carr, so I'm good. Now, with that being said, he's probably gonna block me like within a matter of minutes, but it's all good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere because I think that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want to win. They don't. They're not ready for uh, a rookie quarterback or even a guy that they can go sign as a free agent and hope that they could do it. I think that they like what they see in Derek Carr, and if they build around him, give him an offensive line that can protect him. Him, they feel pretty good about what he can do in this division. It's going to be fun. Tell you what, it's never going to be a boring game. That is for sure. 2.57 is the time. We'll take a couple more of your calls and texts when we come back. We'll also have cover three. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.